Hello and welcome to this weekday edition of Found City Sports Media, a podcast for Kansas City fans by Kansas City fans. Along with my good friend Armando, I am here for a very, I don't know, it's an exciting, semi-controversial moment for the Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's spurring conversation, and that's why we're here right now. Uh, yesterday, ESPN insider Adam Schefter reported that Le'Veon Bell, after being dropped by the New York Jets earlier in the week, has decided to join the Kansas City Chiefs on a one-year deal. This is gonna be, it, it's really in, uh, it's an interesting signing because the New York Jets have to foot the bill. They owe Le'Veon Bell $6 million this year. Uh, I have heard from different sources that either what we pay him, which is likely a veteran minimum or maybe a million dollars, comes out of that $6 million. I've also heard some clauses that apparently he can claim that $6 million from the Jets and whatever we owe him. The important thing is we got another running back. We're paying basically nothing for another running back, but some people are still divided on this. Uh, I know Armando and I have been going back and forth in regards to if we're excited for this, if we're worried about this, how does this affect the development of Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Armando, what are your initial thoughts? Okay, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news because this is great news for the Chiefs, okay? We have one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL now joining one of the most, if not the best, offense in the NFL and one of the best offenses in NFL history. So for all that, we should be very excited to have Le'Veon Bell. That I've never had an issue with. I know he's going to do well in the system. He's going to fill the role that we need him to fill, which is the red zone running back. We now have someone that can really go in between the tackles and, and create some really, really big noise for the Chiefs. So very excited about that. The qualm that I have with this signing is that you're basically giving up on Clyde Edwards Elaire. Now, let me explain. Clyde Edwards Elaire has not been the bell cow that we thought he was going to be, but he hasn't been scripted to be that bell cow in the last five games. He's split the backfield about 60-30 with Darrell Williams, sometimes Darwin Thompson. So he hasn't been an 80%, a 90% running back like Christian McCaffrey is, like Alvin Kamara is, like Dalvin Cook is, which which is fine, right? He's, he's a rookie. He's had 344 rushing yards on pace to have over 1,000 rushing yards. Right, he, he hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns, only one rushing touchdown for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but I think that's fine for what, uh, in fact, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy also thought he's been doing a good job, or what I told Reid, he was doing a fine job, which is different than fine, I just want to say before we had that argument, <laughs> <laughs> but... I've been happy with how he's been doing, right? He's a rookie. He's not Kareem Hunt, okay? In that first week, I did say I thought he was going to be better than Kareem Hunt. I thought he was going to be this, this, and that. He is a rookie, and he's been playing fine. With bringing Le'Veon Bell in, you're telling Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that you necessarily don't trust him to take the role 60-30 because now it's probably going to be a 50-50 split. I don't think Le'Veon Bell's going to take over that spot. If he does, then then you've really punted on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I, I would hate for that because Le'Veon Bell's not going to be here for 10 years. Le'Veon Bell's probably not even going to be here for five years. He's probably, he's probably going to have a great year this year. We might win the Super Bowl, and then someone's going to pick him up for a lot of money that we can't afford him for. So we get him for one year, but then we punt 
on Clyde Edwards Euler. We 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 punt on his psyche. We punt on him being the guy, right? Being that guy for Patrick, that guy for Andy. And that really just is unsettling for me because I'm looking at the future. Like we would be Super Bowl contenders with CEH right now with his production level right now. You know, now we are a little better of a team, which is true, and we're gonna be fine. But how are we down the road with CEH, right? If 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 I'm CEH and I hear this news, I go, great. They don't want me as much as I thought they did. Maybe I'm going to start looking after my rookie contract. What does this mean for me? Now I'm not going to get the looks I was going to look at. So that, those are my initial thoughts. Love Le'Veon Bell. He's going to be great for the team, but damn. My dude, my dude, you are seeing this glass not as half empty, but like straight as knocked over. You know, it's like, I... Okay, let's, let's look at it this way. I am going to do my best in this podcast to not talk about the shortcomings so far of Clyde Edwards-Alaire so much as why picking up Le'Veon Bell is a good thing. But let's just, starting back at the beginning, when we drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we drafted him with the understanding that he was going to be splitting carries this year with Damian Williams. You know, and Damian Williams opted out. So suddenly we had to shove all the workload onto Clyde Edwards Alaire, who's a rookie, who's never played in the NFL. And we have to remember, as great as Kareem Hunt was his rookie year, the way he blew up out of nowhere, you know, when he was shoved into the spotlight, that's very much the exception and not the rule. I think Clyde's been playing fine so far. I don't think he's ready to be a three down back. And to be honest, he might never be a three down back, you know, just the way he's built, his play style, that. And that's not a bad thing. Let's look at it this way, too. If for some reason, should something take Clyde Edwards-Alaire out this season, be it injury, be it COVID, be it something in the family, who knows? Our running back core is suddenly Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson, and Washington on the practice squad. I mean, we don't have a great run game right now. Our run game is absolutely non-existent if that is our running back by committee stable. So I'm happy to have Le'Veon Bell in there, even just for some depth. What do you think it's going to look like with Le'Veon Bell in the lineup now? Are you worried he's going to split the carriers with Darwin and stunt his development? Uh, yeah, you uh, C C E H, not Darwin. Right? I'm sorry. Yeah, C E H. Are you worried he's going to stunt? That's good. <laughs> no, I just I just want to make sure you you weren't saying that he was going to split like a like a two three back with. Dude, don't don't sleep Darwin. on D train. <laughs> <laughs> well, after he fumbled the ball, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, so like I said, Clyde and Daryl Williams have been splitting the role about sixty thirty right now, right? Which is actually kind of surprising. I actually thought that Clyde had more carries than than 60 30 split um i think we're gonna be a two-headed monster all of most of most of the nfl right now is kind of trending that way right there's very few teams like when christian mccaffrey comes back um when dalvin cook is back alvin Kamara, like those are one running back teams but the rest of the league is kind of what this model I think is going to look like, right? It's it's going to look like a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb offense. It's going to look like a Damian Harris, um, Sony Michelle, James White backfield. It's going to look like a Raheem Mostert, Jarek McKinnon backfield, which is popular and it's successful, right? I have no argument to what you said, Reese, and that this helps our backfield and that this brings a lot more depth because running back injury is huge more so right now in the NFL because of COVID and because people just didn't have a really good training camp like they would have in the past so injuries are are frequent so yes it, it, it's a good thing for the team I just think it's a bad thing for CEH 
Well, I got to bring one thing up here. You mentioned how Andy Reid said we think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is doing a fine job. So you use that as your argument to tell me that you think that they're happy with him. But now you told me that suddenly bringing in Le'Veon Bell means they're not happy and they're punting on him. I don't think that's the case. I think it's, I mean, you mentioned as well when the Cleveland Browns brought in Kareem Hunt, you know, and Nick Chubb was having far better of a season than, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire's been having so far when they brought Kareem Hunt in there. And subsequently, you know, they had this crazy one two punch of running backs. And I mean, to be honest, until Chubb went down this year, that Cleveland offense was looking fairly potent. I don't think you can have too many running backs in this day and age, especially when, you know, we're such a pass-heavy team and teams are expecting us to pass. Now they're defending more for the pass and saying, we dare you to run on us. Well, I mean, now we've got some guys and we're going to see if they blink when we dare them to run on them. Well, here's where my concern, I I should have been more specific. Here's where where my concern is kind of um, major as opposed to minor, is if it becomes a 50-50 split, okay, fine. But if Clyde has a bad week... Say he just blows one week and Andy decides, you know what, we're going to switch this. Let's do 60 Bell, 30 Clyde. Then that's where I'm going to get a little bit nervous. And I think that can potentially happen. That's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. Le'Veon could potentially during the playoffs or before the playoffs become our our lead back, which is fine. Like, Like I said, I have no qualms with Bell himself or with Bell in this offense. It's going to be fantastic. I'm just thinking longevity for CEH because like, imagine if we win the Super Bowl and CEH plays average, but he's still the bell cow, right? Year two, he's got a chip on his shoulder, just like we thought Damon Williams would have a chip on his shoulder. But <laughs> what's actually kind of ironic is that Clyde Edwards-Elair got Clyde Edwards-Elaired with this, <laughs> with this uh, signing because this is what happened to Damian Williams and now it's happening to Clyde. Where it's like, yeah, Damian, you're the guy. Nah, JK. Clyde, you're the guy. Nah, JK, Le'Veon's probably going to be the guy. <laughs> it's well, it's just mean, kind of funny. We're not going to keep Le'Veon Bell after this year. You know, this is essentially the Johnny Cueto signing the right, Royals yeah. did in 2015. Except this time we're not paying him big bucks. We didn't have to give him any, like, any capital to get him. You know, he, he fell into our laps. Yeah. So, I mean, th- they know we're not keeping Bell long term. I mean, okay, never say never with like the Brett Veach, you know, black magic. He can pull with contracts and all that stuff. But long story short, Le'Veon Bell is here on a rest of the year prove a contract so he can try and get one more big payday when he's around age 28, 29. They know, they they invested a first round pick in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They know he's special. They know the skill set he has. Like I said earlier, they came into the year with Damian Williams going to be splitting some sort of carries with Clyde. Who knows? Maybe even Damian was slated to be the featured back primarily this year why Clyde keeps developing. Le'Veon Bell and Williams have a very similar skill set but I don't think there's anybody in the league who thinks that Damian Williams is better than Le'Veon Bell. You know, Le'Veon Bell is, you know, he's all pro. He was one of the top three running backs in the league in his prime. We're not going to count what happened to the Jets. You know, Jets are, tis a silly place. But this is is essentially an update or an upgrade to the running back one-two punch we had at the beginning of the year. I mean, Edwards Hilaire is going to be here for a long time, barring any sort of issues. 
I mean, okay, I'm I'm gonna put a cap on on the on on the negativity of this because I, I do want to talk about just the you know the, this is gonna be great for the Chiefs. All I hope is that Andy sits down with Clyde. Maybe they go to Shake Shack tonight on the plaza. You know, maybe they have a, a couple cheeseburgers and just sit down and say, all right, you know, this is what happened, okay? Well, first of all, Andy didn't even want to talk about it today, and neither did Eric Bieniemy, which is professionalism, I know. Eric Bieniemy wouldn't even say Le'Veon Bell's name because he, he was so focused on the Bills, which is kind of interesting. Anyway... I want Andy to sit down with CEH and say, you are the future of this team. We just need you to develop a little more. You're doing a great job, but we want to give you some more help. We want to make your transition into the NFL better. We want you to learn from one of the greatest running backs because of his running ability. I just hope Andy says these things. I'm sure he will because Andy is a player's coach. That's all I care about. I just hope that they're all on the same page and that CEH doesn't go in the corner of the locker room. He's by himself, doesn't talk to anybody anymore, just kind of says, all right, whatever, is Le'Veon's team now. I think it would also help if we looked at this through the lens of when we brought in Sammy Watkins a couple years ago, around the time that, you know, Tyreek Hill was developing as a definitive, you know, wide receiver one option. When Sammy Watkins came in here, yeah, he was known for kind of underperforming, and does he still have it? Will he ever have it? But a lot of the talk we brought him in was, yo, is, is this the Chiefs saying they don't have trust in Tyreek Hill to be a number one wide receiver? Are they going to butt heads? But let's look at it this way. You know, Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins do many different things. Tyreek Hill is much more likely to beat you deep, you know, to blow the top off of the defense. Whereas Sammy Watkins is a bigger guy. He'll do more dirty work. He's a very good route runner. He gets shorter stuff over the middle. And, you know, the two worked in harmony. It was a luxury and still is to have a Sammy Watkins as the number two wide receiver. I think it's the same thing they're going on with Le'Veon Bell here. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a shorter guy, as we said, five foot eight. Not huge. He's not going to punish you. Le'Veon Bell is bigger, and he will punish you. Both have really good hands, which is something that I'm sure they want to develop more on Clyde. You know, and like you said, who better than to learn from one of the best in the last 10, 20 years with Le'Veon Bell? Also, I see this as the rich getting richer. We've had trouble punching it in in goal-to-goal situations. I believe I saw a stat right now that says Clyde has nine carries in these situations for a total of minus one yards and no touchdowns to go for it. That's a bit of an issue. If we want to keep teams honest with our passing game and goal-to-go situations, we have to have a running back on this side that makes them think twice before they sell out. Other things to go in on that is that Clyde is doing a great job getting yards when we're giving him the chance to, you know, particularly in space. He's not doing so great punching it up the gut. We need someone that needs to keep those linebackers honest and focused inside the box, not thinking outside of the box. Last but not least, we only have one non-Patrick Mahomes rushing touchdown so far. You know, this is looking a whole lot like the 2014 <laughs> season where we didn't throw a touchdown pass to a wide receiver that year. We don't want that sort of dubious honor on us. You know, this is not punting on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. This is bringing another line or another running back for him to learn, for him to see how the game goes, for him to develop. And man, this is just taking, you know, wear and tear off of Clyde. So maybe now we can get another one or two great years out of him instead of having him hit like a record number of carries as a rookie and get really banged up. We are back, and we are going to do a beer review. I know we haven't done them in a while, so without further ado, why don't we uh, jump right into it? Reese is going to review a tasty beer. Reese, 
what tasty beer are you going to treat us with today? Well, at least here in Kansas City, fall is in the air. We dropped down to 30-some degrees last night. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, for real. It's 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 officially fall. We had like our last day of 80-degree weather on, it was like Saturday uh. or Sunday, and then just like... Suddenly, it's Halloween weather, Charlie Brown. Yeah, you know? I'm not, I'm not ready for it, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm kind of ready for long sleeves. I've like gone through my t-shirts and shorts so many times. I just know, like, if they had soles, they would hate me. So I'm happy to be back in like my <laughs> denim and all that stuff. Your, your like red shorts are like no more. <laughs> You've been wearing this even before chief season. <laughs> no more, dog. Go back to the yellow jeans. Make them feel the punishment of being alive. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know what that means. Uh, chill is in the air, therefore chill in the can. I have Boulevard Brewing Company's Chill Vibes Sour Ale with Cucumber. Ooh. So, if I may begin. Yeah, this is nice. It's a Burliner Vice style beer. So, it's it's very light. I think this one is technically 4.2%, I believe. Oh, I'm good. Totally crushable. This bad boy is crushable. That's partially why I brought this on this uh, crushable cast today. I, I love this beer. <laughs> I remember when it was a test beer last year, I said, yo, put this thing into production immediately. Woo! Yeah, if anybody needs any names for beers or any names for companies, any names for bands like high school bands, college bands, Reese has all your names. Names galore. I, I didn't come up with the name Chill Vibes, but... I uh, uh, I came I came up with the concept that this beer is delicious. So that's an original me idea. <laughs> Woo! Well, thank you. Hash, sh- shout out to hashtag Boulevard. Boulevard is great. Drink Boulevard beer. <laughs> All right. What is the aroma on that bad boy? All right, aroma. Oh man, that's a lot of cucumber, and I'm talking like actual cucumber essence. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of what you'd get on smelling the rind of cucumber if you just chopped up cucumber to make a souvlaki or some sort of salad or even slices. Do you know what you guys use in the beer process? Do you use actual cucumbers? Do you guys use puree? Do you guys use... Don't quote me on this, uh, but I was told at one point it is the actual essence of cucumber, which is the same stuff they would use if they were making a perfume. So it's like really high quality essential cucumber oils. Wow. Yeah, which, I mean, it, it definitely That's comes... That's pretty cool. It, it is, and it definitely comes through on the smell of it. Got a little bit of sour notes, kind of like, you know, like a, a dill pickle smell as well. So on aroma, that to me is really appetizing. I'm going to give this a solid 8.8 .8 on aroma. Ooh, guns blazing on this Chief's Red Friday. All right, what's the appearance on that? It looks pretty, pretty nice from here. Yeah, it's a... Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. It's almost the exact same color as if you had like a semi-hazy domestic beer. So what I'm getting at is that it's a nice golden color, maybe a little bit of a uh, green tinge to it. Or maybe that's just, you know, me playing tricks on myself. You know, green can, cucumbers, green beer. Uh, looking at the head, it's retained its head pretty well. It didn't have a big one to begin with, but now it's hanging on to about a centimeter of head and it's refusing to let go. It's got a fairly decent lace inside the glass. You know, for a color for this style of beer, I'm going to give this a 8.6. All right. Pretty, pretty nice. How about flavor on that? Does it taste like cucumber? Oh, man, that's the best part of this beer. This thing tastes like cucumber. It tastes like a sour wheat. Someone once described it as a, are you familiar with cucumber salad? It's like cucumber vinegar, red onions. Sure. It's it's a lot like that. It's all of that in one 
glass. And the cool thing about it is that you drink and you're like, oh, this is a sour beer. But wait, I'm getting some of like the natural sweetness out of a cucumber. Is this sweet? Is this sour? I don't know, but it's fantastic. <laughs> That's the coolest thing about this beer too is it's so easy to drink. It doesn't make you pucker. But like, you know, you've had nice tart tangy dill pickles. I'm going to give this beer a 9.1. This is a special Berliner Weiss oh. to me. Yeah, I, I actually like sours that are not too sour. That's just like straight up tart because then you don't get like the full flavor profile because you get so much tart. Even though like people that love sour ales or like anything that's sour in taste beer wise love tart, the tartness of it. And I, I've never really understood that, but I've also never liked, you know, super sour stuff. Understandably so. Understandably All right, cool. Let's so. move on. Um, mouthfeel on that bad boy. It's got a very light mouthfeel to it. Very carbonated. Not a whole lot of alcohol warmth going on there, especially since, you know, it's a Berliner Weiss. It's 4.2%. But you do definitely get a little bit of, like, tanginess going on in your mouth as well. Again, you're not puckering by any means. But, you know, it's I'd say it's more sour than a pickle is. You know, the, a pickle's got a lot of saltiness to balance out things. This is like the sour essence of, say, a pickle or, as mentioned before, a cucumber salad. So mouthfeel... It's still very crushable. I'm going to give mouthfeel an eight, a solid eight. All right. Good, good numbers across the board. How about aftertaste? This one's fun. And I like it for the fact that it's the same flavor going down as it is when you exhale and kind of get those after essences. There's nothing funky going on here. I've had a lot of cucumber beers that get really weird on the second half because cucumber is a lot like watermelon it's a lot like grape it's a real it's a lot like banana it's a really hard flavor to replicate without it being like artificial you know what i'm talking about right yeah so i i appreciate the fact that this really holds on to its integrity the whole way through i'm gonna give aftertaste on this a nine all right and let's let's round it out with a little bdq a little blied deadwards quillaire or should I say Bladevion Quell? Oh, man. My mind's blown after that one. So <laughs> so here's the thing with this beer. What I like about it so much is that it's very simple, but it's very well done, and it's very adaptable. One thing that this beer can do really well is making Bloody Marys. If you substitute vodka for about half a can of this, you get this wonderful, like, crisp, semi-tangy, tart, cucumber-ish bloody mary which i really like you know you stuff some Ooh. stuff some pickled asparagus in there a slim jim you got a stew going baby <laughs> also kind of as i mentioned earlier i've had a i can't remember who makes it there's there's another cucumber sour out there that to me ironically it tastes like watermelon more than cucumber and again that's fine but it tastes kind of like a sweeter i don't want to say gimmicky beer it's pretty harsh but it tastes like a sweet, fun beer was, you know, this is cucumber burliner vice. What does this taste like? Oh, my gosh. A cucumber burliner vice. So, <laughs> you know, this is the brave little beer that could. Very crushable. Easy to have a bunch of these at 4.2%. You know, your stomach's probably going to turn before the alcohol gets you. I'm going to give BDQ on this a 9.5. Woo! You heard it here first, guys. Make sure you get that at the stores, all our Casey fans out there. Uh, yeah, get it before all the all the fall and winter beers start to kill the shelves. Get yourself a nice sour and have a good time. I mean, I totally agree with you, 
Please, all all the things you're saying are good and positive for the team. And I'm, yeah, I'm I'm gonna pivot now, and I'm gonna talk about the good stuff that's gonna happen for this team because it is gonna be pretty freaking amazing, right? So, like I said before. The past five teams that we've played have all been pretty good defenses, right? Specifically the Chargers, the Ravens, the Patriots, and the Raiders, honestly, even though we scored 32 on on the Raiders. um, Those are all very good defenses. Look at who we have going forward, okay? Forget Buffalo, although Buffalo has not been having a great defense since the beginning of the year. We thought that they were going to be elite like they were last year. It's not really showing to fruition, so that might be a good game for Clyde. Also, Le'Veon's not going to play in the in the game on Monday, so Clyde might go off for like 300 yards just to be like, you know, you remember my name, say my name, you know, but we'll see. <laughs> but anyway, okay, <laughs> going forward, we played Denver, we played the Jets, we play the Panthers, and then we play revenge game Las Vegas Raiders, which tickets are going as low as $400, which is ridiculous. But if I want to watch a Roomba, <laughs> I'd stay at home. <laughs> okay, and then and then after that, it's it's uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, which will be hard. But then after that, it's, again, Broncos, Dolphins. Like, this is going to be a great season for our running game right we had a pretty tough beginning of the year that middle pack you're going to see Andy using a lot of different schemes for the running backs you might see CEH play a lot more in the passing game you'll definitely see Le'Veon Bell play in the passing game and then you're going to see a lot of red zone production so we're going to go kind of the like 180 Alex Smith offense which would I actually never thought of that that's kind of funny how we're like the opposite of what we were <laughs> it's just all t- <laughs> scoring uh passing touchdowns but I think we're gonna see a ton of running game production in this middle because of Le'Veon Bell um so I'm I'm actually very excited as a Chiefs fan I'm just I'm just that dad who's like but don't forget you know be patient you know the only unfortunate side on this is that I feel like it puts even more pressure on the team because as Chad Ochocinco said this is like Thanos adding the final stone to the infinity gauntlet i mean at this point the chiefs really do not have an excuse to lose the super bowl this is you know largely super bowl or bust this is a offense that really has no weak links anymore i mean you can get really nitpicky and say well we kind of lack a number two wide receiver if sammy watkins is out or you know our, our offensive line isn't creating holes like they're the you know the 77 Steelers. like okay whatever get over it Defense, you know, our linebacker core is bad. You know, secondary sometimes can be a little suspect, but this is definitely a Super Bowl or bust team. So subsequently, this is something I wanted to ask you earlier. Do you like the signing of Le'Veon Bell, even just to keep him away from other teams? Like, would you be more worried about the Buffalo Bills had they wound up getting Le'Veon Bell or the New England Patriots with a healthy cam and then a one-two punch of Le'Veon Bell and Rex Burkhead? You know, the list kind of goes on. What if he wound up in Baltimore even? Yeah, I know that, that that's actually a really good question. I think if the Patriots got Le'Veon Bell, 
with a healthy Cam Newton and Cam Newton doesn't have any injuries for the rest of the year, I would definitely be afraid of them in the playoffs. Uh, just because we know that Bill Belichick is great with his running backs. He is very innovative with all of them. And he would do the same thing. He 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 would have a 50-50 or a 30-30-30 split with his other running backs. Or maybe even more than that if you if you put Cam in there. So yeah, I, I was definitely afraid when I heard Le'Veon was going, was going because this is the Patriots' MO. They always get people like Le'Veon, uh, like Antonio Brown, Chad Ochocinco, Randy Moss. They always do stuff like this, and they are successful when they do it. So I was definitely scared there. Bills, I'm starting after that Titans loss. I'm starting to be like, wait a minute. The Bills are the Bills. You know that that uh, Scooby Doo meme I always love, where yeah, <laughs> where, where you where you take the mask off of the Bills and it's the Bills. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I'm starting to see with this Bills team, and that's why I'm I'm less worried about this game. One because the uh, Chiefs have a chip on their shoulder; they need to win this game, and then two. Bills didn't have a great game against uh, the uh, the uh, Titans, and their their defense has have been consistently poor for the past five weeks, which is great for us because we have an incredible offense. So we'll see about this Bills team, but definitely for the Patriots, I was worried. Yeah, you know the the enemy of my enemy is my friend, unless it's Eric B. Enemy, then the enemy of B. Enemy is my enemy. Hey, speaking of which, someone I hope- give that guy a job. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Or like, I love Eric Bianca, but please, nobody give him a job. I want to keep him forever and ever and have him replace Andy <laughs> in like 10 years. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. I don't want to get too off topic, but there's so many like uh, jobs right now. You know, Falcons lose their guy. Texans lose their guy. The Jets are probably going to lose Adam Gase. Like, come on, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... You know, I, I see this as a good thing. Going forward into the playoffs, you know, there's a lot of other teams that I'd be worried with the addition of Le'Veon Bell saying, great, our suspect run defense now has to go against, you know, a really good running back. But that takes them off the board, puts them on our side of the chess board. You know, other teams now are going to have to say, great, now is Patrick Mahomes going to blow us up with his arm? Or is there one-two punch of their speedy, shifty running back, you know, and their power running, very patient running back going to just gash us? You know, it's kind of like, pick your poison. There's no good way around it. Going forward through this year, what are your predictions for Le'Veon Bell? I mean, obviously, he's not going to have a thousand yards. I mean, who knows? Uh, but, you know, he's probably not going to have a thousand yards. You know, he's not going to put up like superstar numbers. Do you think there's still gas in the tank? Is Le'Veon Bell still the Liberty Bell? Or is he more Jingle Bells? Well, it's definitely hard to tell because with the Jets, he he never scored over 100 yards in a game, never had a multiple touchdown game, and he was averaging 3.3 yards per game. So it's hard to tell if that's just the Jets system, which it probably is. I mean, look at all the people that have left the Jets system because it was just awful and they weren't producing. So I'm not really sure what Bell we're going to get, but as they say, a contract year is undefeated. Right, this is a big contract year for Le'Veon Bell. He's in the best offense that he's ever been in, right? He's in an Andy Reid offense. He's going to do well. I mean, if 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 Damian Williams was in consideration for Super Bowl MVP, then Le'Veon Bell is going to have a pretty damn good year this year. So I definitely think that the sky's the limit because of our offense. And Le'Veon Bell is going to have a great time in it. I, I know that our offensive line is suspect, but I think they're going to figure it out. It's going to be trial by error for them, but they have a lot of time to error because we play the Broncos, we play the Panthers, we play the Raiders again, we play Denver, we play Miami. This is a great time to just mess around with the O-line, try to make it work. I think it's going to be fine. Le'Veon's going to go off this year. 
Well, I like that you brought up the offensive line because this is something else that Le'Veon Bell brings, you know, is that that pass protection that either Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can't do because he's a little smaller or, you know, maybe it's the fact that he's a rookie. But it'd be great to learn behind Le'Veon Bell. The guy's 6'1", 225. You know, he's not Jerome Bettis, but he's been around the block and he knows how to keep an immobile quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger on his feet. And what's the biggest thing we have to protect? Our half-billion-dollar investment in Patrick Mahomes. And who knows if Le'Veon Bell is going to pick up, you know, a late blitz on the blind side that Pat doesn't see coming that Bell could pick up that maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire wouldn't see or couldn't stop. You know, so I, I really only see this as a good thing. I'm going to see... I think we'll see quite a bit of production out of Le'Veon Bell. I, th- I don't think we're going to be like, you know, seeing 2016-17 back-to-form Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but we got to remember, too, he wasn't playing poorly as he was leaving the Steelers. He sat out that one year because he wasn't getting the money he wanted. And then the next two years, you know, the Jets didn't know what to do with him because that place is just a giant green dumpster fire. So I think there's a lot of gas in the tank for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I think Clyde's going to learn a lot of good habits from him. He's going to pick up on a lot of good things. And I think this could be a one-two punch, very similar to going back in the days of Chris Carter and Randy Moss playing together with the Minnesota Vikings. And also, I think what people haven't talked about yet and haven't heard is that a factor of Le'Veon Bell's success, more so than anyone else, is his psyche, right? If he's in a good situation, he is going to play well. And most players aren't like that, but Le'Veon Bell is like that. When's the last time that you've seen Le'Veon Bell on a team that he wanted to be on? Right, it hasn't been since his like rookie year, his second year in the league, because he had a bad turn in the Steelers, didn't want to play for the Steelers. He goes to the Jets, didn't want to play for Adam Gase. Adam Gase never wanted Le- Le'Veon Bell. This is the first time since the beginning of his career that he's in a place where he wants to be. Right, he loves Chris Jones. He loves Honey Badger. Patrick Mahomes already tweeted about about having Le'Veon. He's very excited. So he's in a position not only to be successful football-wise, but to be successful in his psyche, which for him is a big deal. So I think we're going to see a lot of production. And like you said, Reese, it, it, it is now officially Super Bowl or bust. You know, last thing I want to say on this topic before we end this podcast is just the fact that I don't think there's any way you can spin it where the Chiefs roster does not get better with the addition of Le'Veon Bell. He's never been a big locker room issue, and like you mentioned, guys like Chris Jones, Honey Badger, Patrick Mahomes are all excited to bring him into the locker room. That's a good thing. If there is any sort of like locker room issue, you know what cures that? Winning. So unless Le'Veon Bell costs us a bunch of games immediately coming onto the team, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Lastly, like I said, he adds depth at a thin position. He's going to be a great teacher to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I look forward to this year with Le'Veon Bell and hope it winds up with another Lombardi trophy when it's all said and done. A quick fantasy note, because now what do you do with CEH, right? What do you do with Le'Veon Bell? If you have CEH and he has a great game, one game, say he does really well against the Bills, sell high. Sell high on CEH because he's a great running back, but he doesn't score touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell is going to be the goal line running back in the future. So wait till he has a really good game and then trick someone on your fantasy league and sell CEH, unfortunately. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support. So consider becoming a friend of the podcast. 
Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM. Find us on Instagram at FountainCitySM to get updates on the podcast, sports, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.